I'm Alan Walker, and in this episode I spoke to the wonderful Nicola Sullivan of Meet and Engage. We talked about delivering a great candidate experience during a crisis, and we discussed the stuff you should do more of, the stuff you should do less of, and the stuff you should never have been doing in the first place. Enjoy! Please take your seats. This evening's performance is about to begin. Hi Nick, how are you? I'm very well, Alan. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. These are weird and wonderful times, as I keep repeating. Every one of these I do. They um, certainly are. <laughs> welcome to the uh, Chat Talent People podcast. It's great to have you on as a guest. Thank you. It's great to be here. For those that don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do, please? Of course. So I'm Nicola Sullivan, um, Solutions Director at Meet and Engage, and we're Candidate Engagement Technology. Um, My role is very much about ensuring that our technology and the way we deploy that and the way it works um, meets our clients' objectives, um, helping sort of shape solutions with our clients, but essentially Meet and Engage, um, as I mentioned, Candidate Engagement Technology, so live chat, chatbots and also onboarding so plenty of plenty of great work in the candidate experience space well that's good to hear and we'll come on to that yeah. a little bit later so how you know we've got to talk about it we're right in the smack <laughs> of the crisis and uh, and it's affecting people in in different ways what about you how's it affecting you kind of personally and professionally uh, I mean, touch wood, I'm very grateful to say that um, family and friends are well. Um, so on a personal level, I'm just um, following the rules, uh, making yeah. sure that I'm helping out where it, where it's needed. But um, so on a personal level, uh, as good as it, uh, can be expected, actually. Um, professionally, um, I mean, we are seeing um, a lot of clients really exploiting and using our um, technology, particularly the live chat technology, um, because actually what it allows people to do, even in normal times, of course, is connect without being in front of each other. So mm. what we are seeing is, is an uplift in, in current client usage of our platform, which is, which is good to see. That's what it's there for. Um we're also seeing, I think, a, a, a real sort of um, speeding up or sort of an expediting of conversations around deploying technology like ours. Mm. Um, That's good that, to hear. Well, do you know, it, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because we're not a business that um, would want to exploit a situation. That isn't what HR technology would ever be there for. However, mm. if you've got a solution that helps in a time when a client is needing to pivot extremely quickly to deliver recruits to their business, then we can help. Um, and, and that, as I say, has sort of shortened or sped up a number of conversations which have been going on for, you know, a number of months or, or, or even longer. So, um, it's, it's, you know, su- super interesting times, really. I think it yeah. means that, um, you know, the people we've worked with for a number of years are really getting the most out of our technology. And the people we've been speaking to for a number of months and, and years are, are, are hoping to use us in the not too distant future. So interesting, interesting times, that's for sure. It's really, yeah, it's really good to hear some positivity there because mm. um, it seems from the vendors that, that I'm talking to, they're, they're falling into three camps. So it's either similar to you, but mm. actually you know, it's a relatively small proportion, interestingly, um, or right at the other end of the scale where they're suddenly saying you know, everything's slowed down massively mm. um, or, or somewhere in the middle where they're still having conversations. Mm. They're actually probably finding it easier even to start to have some of those conversations and do demos that type of thing mm. but they're still then facing the slowing down bit around decision making so it's, uh, it's it's interesting but I think you've got to you've got to remain positive as a vendor in this situation and as you say not take advantage of it 
but you have got to remain you've got to remain relevant front of center so even if your product isn't something that people are going to be interested in buying at this particular moment in time because of the challenges they're facing yeah um in two or three months or whenever things start to pick up yeah if you've been doing the whole radio silence approach Mm. and then suddenly you're starting Mm. you're trying to start going hey we're here we're fine we've come out we've let ourselves out of our closet now we're here we're ready to talk People are going to go, who are you guys? We thought you disappeared. <laughs> I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think there's also that point that, I mean, Meet and Engage, we're five years old now. And and, and um, for those of you, you know, you who know us, actually, you know, we've been building our partnerships and our and our discussions for, for, for that whole five years. So this mm. isn't about us suddenly bouncing onto the, the stage and saying, we're here, no. we can help. This is about actually um, those, those relationships. Um, being really useful at this moment in time um, for, for our clients and our prospects. I, I would just say, actually, that, that you mentioned about sales, um, you know, some vendors experiencing that, you know, things have slowed down in some some areas. I mean, don't get me wrong that, you know, this isn't, um, we still um, experience that too, um, you know, mm. actually decision-making is you know priorities are just different aren't they at the moment and so actually I wouldn't say it's wholesale sped up I'd just say in certain areas it has in other areas you're right you know procurement contracting teams infosec teams it's still moving at the pace we would normally expect so um but yeah and you make another good point I mean you you mentioned in two to three months when we return to normal we don't know whether it's going to be weeks or months but we do know that it will be normal and in the not too distant future and so I think it's you know, you're absolutely right. It's what can we keep doing as well as we normally do in order that that when we do suddenly wake up one morning and we're all let out again, that that actually, um, you know, there isn't a huge transition back to normal again. So yeah. I think it's, yeah, in, God, there's going to be some case studies about this in future, isn't there? Oh, so absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you could do a degree in it's, it, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I think there's some fascinating things that will come out of um, out of it for society as a whole and humanity completely, as a whole. Completely. You know, if, you, if you look at how people are finding that, yeah, guess what? You can work from home. Yeah, um, if absolutely. you're if you're a white collar worker, um, you can be productive and you can mm. probably be more much more efficient with your time um, than you are when you're commuting into the office and taking an hour yeah. to drive there or on the train and back again and yeah. arriving tired sometimes because of that journey and how exhausting it is. Absolutely. And there's little, um, I mean, these aren't little things, actually, these are significant things. But if you look at um, pollution levels reducing, if you Mm. look at the fact that actually, I mean, before this happened, we were having discussions with clients wanting to use our um, live chat platform for things like on campus events, because they wanted to reduce their carbon footprint. So actually, if you think about it, other positive things have probably yeah. been expedited where we do recognize that actually the, the satellite map of our country looks very different without the pollution that was created, um, you know, by us all traveling everywhere. Anyway, I'm not for one minute suggesting, you know, we don't go back to normal, but I think there are some things, as you say, that that if we can hold on to them and realize there were some positives, then I think yeah. we could come out come out the other end better you didn't ask me to come on and be an eco warrior did you <laughs> that wasn't why you wanted me here <laughs> no but i am a secret eco warrior so um, i'm more than yeah. happy to have that conversation without a doubt yeah i was um I, I went out in the garden earlier and just looked up in the sky and it looked so much clearer yeah. and it was like what felt like like hundreds of bees around as well right. like proper Absolutely. bees and i was like where have these come from 
Yeah. Um, is it because of like the, the last two or three weeks or have I just not noticed it in the past? I don't know. Uh, do you know, I don't know the answer to that. What I do want to know is when you said proper bees, what do you mean? What isn't a proper bee then? Not nasty, buzzy ones. Oh, ones I that see. Look like fat and furry and healthy. Like the bee movie. Like to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Friendly bees. <laughs> I, I, do, I do know what you mean. And I, I, I would like to think it's because they've been, you know, pollution, etc. But who knows? We'll find out, won't we? But um, I yeah, do agree. Exactly. It's lovely. Anyway, enough of bees. Yes. Um, how is um, how is COVID nineteen affecting your current clients? Um, I think the short answer is that they're having to. I keep using the word pivot. That seems to be a very popular word at the moment in terms of suddenly having to change the way in which you approach something. But it, it, it is a really sensible one to use. They're having to really quickly think about how they can deliver recruits to their business. Um, engage candidates, continue business as usual in terms of hitting their hiring numbers, but without the kind of level of social engagement that they would normally expect. So Mm. social distancing, obviously, if you take um, a large employer of interns or future talent at the moment, or police officers, (laughs) um, it could be anyone. Actually, um, you could be attracting, assessing and selecting, and even onboarding someone without meeting them at the moment and I think that's actually quite a um, not a shift anyone actually would ever probably say is what their objective would be I don't think that's probably where anyone would say this is our ideal but it's interesting that actually I was talking to a a major retailer um, a client of ours recently and they said you know for the first time we have to get our heads around the fact that someone could apply be assessed and selected and not even on day one meet someone from the business and they've got to try and put a wrapper around their recruitment process which means that candidates don't and the business doesn't feel a, an immense loss of contact yeah um so we're seeing particularly live chat groups one-to-one helping out um with with that sort of wrapper of engagement you know where clients were using it already they're just up waiting it um where they're moving their assessment selection processes online you know helping candidates transition and prep for those online experiences so we're seeing a lot of chat activity around that side of things and actually a huge discussion um, at the moment for a number of our clients is is obviously the summer intern intake so actually you've got these groups sometimes hundreds if not thousands of people waiting to join your business during the summer Mm. and experience an internship and they may have to do that virtually Um, and I think the sort of key um, challenge there is you know, obviously, I, th- I think it was recently ISE suggested or th- their stats found that a third of people were rescinding their their um, intern offers. Really? Um, a third were undecided. But actually, if you think about it, and sorry to throw stats in here, but I think this is really sort of puts it into focus. If, I'll never start. It's fine. Do you? Oh, there's more to come then. There's more to come. <laughs> um, if 80% of your graduate intake next year or your interns this year, then really this three months are critical for next year's pipeline not just for what's happening this year and that's such an obvious point but if you're rescinding on your third of offers now your pipeline's going to be in trouble next year for your grads I'm not a practitioner I'm someone who sits on the periphery and helps clients but um, what we're seeing is our clients lift their activity in a way that protects that pipeline not just for now but into next year so that that, that's that's what we're seeing um, in the main Um, we do work with uh, Met Police um, and obviously 
Um, they have large numbers of recruits. They have even larger numbers of people um, rejoining the service as well. So there's a lot of candidate care going on there. They're doing a superb job to make sure that if you can't be in front of candidates, then technology can support that. And then really interesting, um, very recently had an example um, of a client um, wanting to deploy our technology for their hiring managers. Again, large retailer. Um, and what they are doing is using our technology to support their hiring managers to be able to recruit to the shop floor at speed. Okay. So um, something really interesting there for us around, actually, it's not just about the candidate experience, but how do you make the hiring manager experience um, Absolutely. positive in the face of actually, you know, having a critical key worker status role. Um, so it's been a really, yeah, really interesting um, few weeks, if I'm honest with you. And I, I don't say that with any <laughs> glee. I say that with any genuinely. It's been an interesting yeah. few weeks of, uh, of of examples of of our tech being exploited. The variety, exactly. Mm, and, I, and I think sure. this um, this slightly arm's length approach to recruiting that happens because of this the situation. So you're not having assessment days mm. and inviting people into physical interviews, etc. I think it might, yes, there'll be some hiccups along the way. Well, people mm-hmm. might make some mistakes around hiring and people might make some mistakes about saying yes to joining a company. But I think um, I think coming out of this, going back to our point of positives, mm. I think we'll do a whole lot more unbiased decision-making because we won't have hiring managers judging someone on how they sat, how they sat in their seat or That's really <laughs> how interesting. they sat, sit their glass of water far too often or maybe didn't make eye contract in quite the perfect way in for what yeah. they think is perfect in that highly highly subjective way that um, hiring managers often make decisions yeah that's really interesting and actually you're probably leaving more of the more of the hiring to the experts which mm. actually are recruiters recruiters are hiring experts hiring managers rarely are they don't do enough hiring to become experts for starters, and they're rarely trained particularly well. They rarely have enough exposure to keep the, that training current, mm. and and unless they're hiring hundreds, which is, again, a, a massive rarity for a hiring manager, your hiring experts are your hiring teams, aren't they, the recruitment team? Yeah, I, had, I hadn't thought about it like that, and that's really interesting. Again, you know, in six months' time when we have the data, there are going to be so many gut feelings that are either proved to be right or actually partially right etc I hadn't thought about Mm. that but I do think it's an interesting one Um, and I do think and I know Katrina spoke about this when you um, had another one of your podcasts but you know I do think um, employers who are seen to be doing so or try their hardest to get it right during a time Mm. like this are the ones who will be remembered in a positive way. And you just mentioned there that we're not going to get everything right and not everything's going to be perfect. I think both we all need to give ourselves a bit of, you know, a bit of slack every so often and just say, look, do you know what? We're trying our best. But it is those who try their best, I think, where the candidate will turn around and say, actually, do you know what? During that three to six months when I was uncertain about my A-level results, my degree results, mm. my whether I could pay my mortgage, whatever the challenges are, it will be the employers who tried to manage expectations, tried to be supportive and positive, that I think will be the ones that that, that come out of this. Well, I certainly should be the ones that come out of this with the brand advocacy on their on their side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's um, as you say, it should, and I think it's I think it's a fair assumption to make that they will. I think until so. we know, until we know, like you say, in six months time, we've got data to back that up. But exactly. I think logic kind of tells us that doesn't will it? Be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're already seeing. 
we're already seeing and hearing candidates um, reporting on bad experiences from mm. employers who just aren't approaching things with any empathy or any care yeah. or any consideration of other people's personal circumstances. So there are, the people who are doing it badly are already being acknowledged for doing it badly yeah. and are already seeing those employers that are doing things well getting yeah. that, that acknowledgement for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what what would your what would your advice to to employers that want to deliver a a, a red as hot a, a, a very warm candidate experience? Yeah. Maybe not red hot because it's yeah you know, we are having to kind of cut some corners and do things differently. Yeah. What would your advice be to those that do want to do things correctly? What do they need to be mindful of? Um, I was thinking about this in preparation for today, and actually, the. The key to it is doing, I mean, we should be doing these things all of the time. It's perhaps just dialing them up a bit. Mm. So for instance, nothing that I'm just about to say should be something that is a surprise or brand new to anyone. Um, it's just about perhaps finding slightly different ways to do it or to dial it up in a way that that's supportive. So for instance, we all know that candidates like to know where they are in a process. They like communication to understand what the status is of their their application or their you know um, their recruitment journey so mm. communication absolutely and, and of course the bare minimum should be the automated um, communication via the ATS even if that is to say at the moment we are on hold or explaining a situation to communicate in an automated way or at best to do something that is virtual and obviously yeah. you know I you know you say well you would say that Nicola but actually it works <laughs> it works really well whether you're using webinar or live chat actually to bring candidates together to communicate with them virtually to give them an update and commu- you know um, keep them engaged um, is a great way of doing it so communication would be absolutely key that is obvious at any time of the year whatever is happening but I think you could dial it up and have thoughtful ways of, of doing that um, I also think, and I've seen a number of clients doing this, being really honest about the situation and saying, given the current circumstances, there will be a short delay or we are experiencing some delays. You will hear from us on X, Y and Z. Just keeping people updated, just managing the expectations. And that is just human nature wanting to know out of common courtesy what you're doing with me and my application, isn't it? So I think there's that communication and managing of expectations um yeah absolutely i think transparency is transparency is always always a good thing but actually during these times when people have got a lot going on Mm -hmm. outside of Mm -hmm. their job application so if you know they might absolutely because of having spent so much time at home or their partner might not be working so money might be a challenge yeah whatever it might be they they want as little stress outside of those stresses that everybody is facing as possible Absolutely. so by being transparent and clear and Absolutely. honest and you can you can always over communicate in any situation but actually during this current one a little bit more communication than Quite normal right. is just dialing advised. it up a little bit and just yeah. and just and it was really interesting I saw on a live chat I sat in on the other day actually and this was for a large volume recruiter um this comment epitomizes what we've just been talking about um you know understanding and empathizing the situation that our candidates are in so it was um a, a candidate in a live chat was um preparing for assessment center so the chat was all about focus focusing people and helping them prep and answering their questions pre to an assessment center and the candidate posted a question and said actually I've got a toddler and it's likely that they'll pop into the room while I'm doing my online (laughs) assessment Um, do you have a problem with that and the recruiter immediately went back and said absolutely not we understand we've all got people to care for at a time like this and I thought 
there you go. If you ever wanted someone to feel comfortable about who they are, what goes on in their lives, and just to go into that assessment centre feeling like they can be themselves and be their best, you've just nailed that in one line. Absolutely. Um, that's and I, I love that. Isn't that lovely? And I sat there and mm. I thought to myself, that's and, and, and the reply back from the candidate was equally as, thank you so much. There you have got less than it must have taken them less than a second to write that message and you've suddenly got a candidate who is now thinking I'm going to nail this assessment centre even if my toddler is pulling at my leg or chewing the carpet whatever they do <laughs> I've got a 30 I've got a 13 year old so I can't remember what toddlers do but but, but you know whatever they do minus seven and nine I don't remember them eating the carpet I don't know I don't know there was you know, else, just, yeah. <laughs> maybe mine didn't either it's too long ago but, but that that was a little gem for me and I thought that's brilliant um another um quick comment from a recent chat as well someone um posted a quick note as a graduate asking how many suits they needed to buy for their assessment center and their training now okay might seem like a random question but you know it's one of those things that someone's sitting there worrying about they might have budget issues they might not be able to get yeah. to the shops well clearly they can't get to the shops advising but the, the you know the recruiter immediately put their mind at rest and it was a little um little quip back to them just to say um whatever you whatever you've got or whatever you can whatever you can get washed in time and i just wow. thought it's little yeah. bits of humor as well so empathy humor putting people at, re- at minds at rest because um the formality the usual formality around the recruitment process has to now take a back step a little bit and become empathetic creative and human so that's yeah. one thing i don't think needs to reverse when we come back into normal let's keep the human the human in it you know absolutely without a doubt i think it's uh, i think there are some really good examples of people understanding that we're not just working from home at the moment we're working from home under very weird bizarre right. circumstances it's not your standard working from home while everybody else in the house is either at school or off doing absolutely. their job it's working at home with a full house it's like giving a call at the weekend isn't it, it exactly um, exactly yeah. so right. um so yeah i think i think they would be my my um, first thoughts and, and and also not to make and, and it's very easy for me to say this because I'm not in an in-house role at the moment so um, actually do you know what someone could say you know how can you possibly advise on this but <laughs> actually it's thinking about this will be a, a finite amount of time we will come out of it and next year your pipelines will be affected by the decisions you make now what can we do to adapt rather than close doors and rescind offers and uh, etc. And I, I, I totally accept there will be economic reasons why that may have to happen mm. in some cases. But actually, it's just thinking um, about next year's pipelines as well as what's happening right now. Absolutely. And Nicola, on that note, I'm going to say thank you. Fantastic Pleasure. contribution to the podcast. Loved it. Pleasure. Wonderful. And thank you very much for having me. Lovely to and, speak uh, to we'll, you. We'll do another post post-crisis. Well, then we can judge whether everything we said, including B activity, was actually correct. Exactly. All right. Take care. Speak soon. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Head over to chattalent.com for more blogs, vlogs, webinars, and other great content about HR, talent, and recruiting. Everything you could possibly need. Enjoy. Enjoy.